If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani, and I'm coming to you on 77 WABC. Get on the app right now. Make me happy. Get on the app. And I am now in New Hampshire, and I'm looking out at a snow-covered baseball field that belongs to uh, the minor league team of the Toronto Blue Jays. I think they're called the Fisher Cats. I've watched their games. I I stay here when I come to uh, Manchester because it's very, very... um, Reminds me of when I ran for president. I mean, I, I did it for 11 months, and I probably spent 30 days in New Hampshire, and this used to be my headquarters. And I got first night I was here, I just checked into the hotel, and I had to get up like at 5.30 to go to some, uh, like a factory and shake hands and stuff like that. You know, it was like 17 degrees out. And I looked out the window, and right below me is a beautiful baseball stadium with snow on it. So every time I came to New Hampshire, I would stay here and we used to sneak out on the field during the off season and throw balls around and stuff like that. It kind of took the pressure off to some extent. Well, I uh, I am very very uh, sad. I, although he had a great life, ninety four years old, uh, that Sidney Poitier has passed on. Um, I had a cousin of, who she and I shared a great love of uh, opera. Uh, actually, they were. Two sisters who who uh, had a business where they did secretarial work for uh, Broadway and Hollywood stars when they came to New York and needed a, needed you know um, like uh, administrative services and one of their main clients was Sidney Poitier and uh, they lo- absolutely loved him and I met him very very quickly uh, uh, but I have to tell you great actor. No, no question about it. I mean, the f- fact that he was the first black to win the Academy Award, um, I mean, it's, only, it's just, a, just a, a function of the fact that blacks were shut out of the Hollywood situation, you know, and major roles and stuff like that for so long. It probably would have been won much earlier by a lot of other people. But in any event, like Jackie Robinson, he's the guy who broke broke the barrier. But, I mean, this he was a great actor, not just a good actor, a great actor. But beyond that, he was one of the nicest people I ever met, and maybe, you know, maybe I shook hands with him and spent 20 minutes with him. Yeah, maybe a little more than that, but my cousins loved him. And they they actually um, also did opera singers like Cesare Sieppi and, um, oh gosh, I've got to remember all the people that they represented. But he, he, he was by far their favorite. He would send them gifts and treated them. I can't say enough about what a nice man he was. A very, very bright guy, too. Very, very, very very smart. And did he ever have a bad role? I don't think so. 
So, um, you know, the, may- the mayor's choice of the deputy mayor who's got ethical issues. I'm not going to comment on the ethical issues, and I'm only going to comment very, very shortly because I don't know. I don't know if they're real they're not real. I had people that allegedly had ethical issues and it was total lies, and then I had people, unfortunately, I had ethical issues I had to get rid of. So it happens both ways, and I think we give the guy the benefit of the doubt, right? I think we do. Why not? What I, what I, what I would recommend to the mayor, I don't know that he's a listen to me, is don't make him a go-between between you and the police commissioner. It's a, it's, um, he, may be, he, may, he may have great law enforcement experience, but you gotta, your number one person has got to be that police commissioner. You've got to give her the backing, the support. And you're, you're like me, a mayor who knows law enforcement, so you're going to want to be involved in it. Now you've got two people involved in it with a commissioner. It's going to get not the best management um, situation. I think when a mayor and a police commissioner bond, even if it's a little contentious like it was with Bratton, uh, it's much better. And then, of course, the other two, uh, uh, Safer and um, and Bernie Carrick, I was very close to. But uh, Bratton and I had, a, I thought, of a, a very productive relationship, even though it was, you know, it was tough. And part of it was... I felt I knew more than he did. I mean, today, for example, some idiot in the Post, I've forgotten who the columnist is, says that Bratton and and uh, Kelly uh, brought in uh, uh, the broken windows theory. Like hell they did. The broken windows theory, I, I wrote about the broken windows theory in 1981. I'm the guy who knew Professor James Q. Wilson. I, I helped appoint him. As a co-chairman of the, of, the, of the Attorney General's Task Force on Violent Crime, I learned the broken windows there right from the horse's mouth in 1981. I've been ta- I was talking about it since 19. I watched it in the small cities grow. Uh, not that Bill didn't agree with it 100%. percent not saying that. But I love to do that. It, I, I'm telling you, the broken windows would have happened with or without Bill Bratton. It happened because of Rudy Giuliani. The, the, well, in any event, mayor, don't – if the guy's going to be a deputy mayor, there are a lot of things for him to do. Keep the relationship. I met with the police commissioner every Thursday, all three of them. And uh, they we actually had a formal report. It was all written up. They would write it up, and then we would sit and talk about it, and we'd go over the statistics. But then we ended up meeting sometimes twice a day, depending on what was going on. You probably spend the mayor will probably spend more time with the police commissioner than anybody any of those commissioners, particularly right now. Now, as things got better in the city, as things got better in the city, it, that changed. And uh, instead of being able um, spending so much time, it's, you started to spread out and spend a lot of time with other people. But right now, Adams knows he's got to turn this around. You can't let this go much longer. Because it'll set in. And, and he's got a couple of big tests coming up. The obvious one is Bragg. Bragg is a national story. I don't know. You know, I, I was just in Florida, and now I'm in New Hampshire, and I've been talking to people in California. And it's all over the place that this guy wants to – everybody knows that New York is having a crime crisis. And the, the nature of our crime, crime crisis is that uh, murder went up by f- more last year – percentage-wise, than ever before. Now, we're still 1,500 to 1,700, 1,800 
murders away from the bad days. So there's, a, there's a, you know, to me, it's, but then again, people have been used to 20 years of, not all of those 20 years, but about 17 of them. New York City was the safest large city in America. You got to go back a while for us old timers to know how bad it was in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s and the, and the 2,000 murders a year, a year of Dinkins, who has the record for the most murders. Like I have the record for reducing crime the most of any mayor. So, uh, but still, you can't, it's all relative, right? And right now, the city is seen all over the country as a city with a crime crisis because of that 50% increase in, 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 in murder. Like, boom, like shock therapy. We're back 10 years now. We've gone back 10 years in statistics. You've got to go back 10 years to get close to 500 murders. And, and also, I don't know if most people realize this, but if you've studied history and you understand crime, the last time this happened to us, it took us 24 years to get out of it. You've got to stop it right now. And Bragg is a, is a – I have no doubt that Adams is sincere. I mean, he'd, be, he'd be stupid if he wasn't sincere. He wants to reduce crime. But you've got this guy that wants to put I – mean, one of the reasons we have so much crime in New York is that de Blasio and – Cuomo and Hochul, the stupid bail law, and de Blasio's wanting to clean out Riker. They, they put the criminals on the street who are killing you. The, the, why, that's another James Q. Wilson uh, thing that he taught me, career criminal. You, you can look at some and you can see they're a crime machine. Oh, you have them out on. Look at the. Look at the. You have some of these people now with the bail law. They, you know, fifty robberies. Well, put them away, and now you just cut fifty robberies this year. <laughs> you saved an awful lot of people, and now this moron, an armed robbery, you can go out on bail. Just so, just in, just in case, just in case that uh, you. Um, just in case, you know, you, you, you get all upset and crazy and you go nuts and you shoot somebody. That's going to happen. You know that. So he's got to get this guy under control. He does. I mean, it's, it, it'll, it'll, it'll undercut his efforts in Manhattan. And it'll have an effect maybe on the other DAs. I, I mean, I don't know them well enough now to know who's where. I know the Soros back candidate in Queens lost a couple of years ago. But now Soros has a foothold here, and he's been destroying one city after another. He's got to stand up to it, and then he's got to stand up to the people, and I think he will, the people who have written to him and said he should close the schools for two weeks. Come on. He made a very, very strong statement about how important it is for the kids to be in school and it's the safest place to be, and he's absolutely right. Which brings us really to the Supreme Court argument, and I will give you my view as a lawyer, not as a uh, a political thinker and what I think the right answer is. And let me tell you what I think the court's going to definitely do and what they might do. Uh, there's almost no doubt, unless they were teasing us, that uh, there'll be a six, at least six justices who overturn the 100-employer uh, mandate. That's the OSHA mandate to any business of 100 or more employees that the employee must be vaccinated or can take a test. Justice Sotomayor, who I know because she was a ju judge in the Southern District and the Second Circuit, uh, 
said that it's not a mandate. That's what the law said. That's what they call it, a mandate. And it acts like a mandate. It tells you what to do. What is she talking about? It's not a mandate. I mean, where do they come up with these crazy ideas? We're just going to change the name of it and it's okay? The five other justices, however, the five what we would call conservative justices minus uh, Justice uh, Tom, uh, Thomas, uh, all had the sensible uh, legal reservations. Of, first, that it's unconstitutional because it, 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 all of a sudden the president becomes the dictator. The Congress is supposed to pass the laws. The president's supposed to pass the laws. The courts are supposed to interpret the laws. The president doesn't get to pass them and enforce them. And here, this is a law. This isn't just a re- – they call it a regulation, and, but it's not a regu- OSHA regulation. It doesn't say, you know, you've got to have, uh, you, you have a good heating system and uh, you've got to have a good purifier and um, – it, this, this, this affects, what, 80 million people. <laughs> this is what laws are for. And second, the authority that was given to OSHA to regulate surely didn't contemplate a nationwide mandate that affects 80 or 90 or 100 million people. That requires a lot more consideration than a bureaucrat at OSHA should be giving uh, to it, particularly where you are interfering with a person's right to make their own decisions about their own body with their doctor. That requires, as some of the justices pointed out, that really is more appropriately done by Congress or the states, which are closer to the people and the different needs in in these communities. I think that one's going out. The one that might survive is the Medicare Medicaid one, which I'll describe to you. You know, I'll describe to you when we when we come back. But that's a that's a that's another that I would say that's a a very uh, kind of that's a different kind of that's a different kind of situation. Because um, they can, they can, they can uh, uh, sort of compromise, and then say, "Well, this is within the power of the Secretary of Health and uh, Human Services to regulate me- Medicare and Medicaid," because he does have the power to pass regulations about the way it's administered. Now, again, it appears to me like the right decision is this is way beyond that limited. That's a rather limited role. Now you're legislating for the whole country and saying Medicare, Medicaid covers a lot of people, and it would require every health care worker there to, um, to require every health care worker to be vaccinated or take a test. And we see that the Mayo Clinic just had to get rid of people. And, um, but I, I, w- I will gar- pretty much guarantee you they're going to reverse the 100-employee mandate. The other think going to be closer because you can make a, a, a little better argument for that. I mean, I could represent either side on that one. I know that's hard to understand about lawyers, but that's what we're trained to do, right? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been in a position because I was very fortunate. I had a very good you know, legal career. I didn't, never had to really rep- represent a position that was really odious to me, but I, sometimes I've had to make legal arguments as a defense lawyer or as a, uh, a civil lawyer that maybe I didn't agree with completely, but, you know, it was the law. On January 21st, 1980, gold hit a record, the highest in decades. At $895 an ounce, it climbed an astonishing 262% in 
in a single year. So what was happening back then in January 1980? The Soviets had just invaded Afghanistan. Iranian radicals were holding U.S. hostages and inflation reached record high. Sound familiar? And the U.S. is also familiar with languishing under the weak leadership of a president, Jimmy Carter. Folks, hindsight is not 2020. It's 1980. We're now facing runaway inflation, new threats from Russia and Iran, and a possible recession. There's no Ronald Reagan on the horse coming to save us. But there's gold. Monetary gold is offering up to $5,000 in gold on account for the first 25 callers at 1-888-204-2141. Monetary gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. A top five gold company ranking, and they've been around for two decades. Call them to see if you qualify for gold on account at 1-888-2141. Hindsight is not 2020. It's 1980. Call Monetary Gold right now. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you, uh, taking your phone calls at 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And I also want to point out, well, because it just struck me really, uh, hit me in the head when I read, I was reading about Kazakhstan. Now, I've been to Kazakhstan, uh, Almaty in Kazakhstan. Actually, it was a street named after me for a while there because... Uh, my law firm had an office there. Oh, God, this is back, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And I had, I remember having dinner with uh, uh, Premier Nezabayev, who was the premier, who's, who, the president who left, and now has um, so, sort of, they say he's running things from the background. And uh, kind of thought of him, I mean, definitely he's a strong man, I, uh, probably a dictator. Um but I resisted his uh, entreaties for me to have horse meat. I'm very proud of myself. So he had this dinner, uh, and uh, he had people from the embassy and whatever. And uh, I was told that it's, a, it's like a delicacy in Kazakhstan. And I, he asked, I told him, you know, Mr. President, I think he's president rather than prime premier, but Mr. President, I, ca- I can't have the horse meat because it's against my religion. And he said, what religion are you? He said, I'm Catholic. And he said, well, I didn't know that. I didn't. That's. I said, oh, come on. I'm just kidding. It's not against my religion. I just, I just, I just don't want to insult you, but I, can't, I just can't have horse meat. He was, he was actually, he didn't put me in jail. See, now, if it was Biden, there might, be a, there might have been a mandate that you have to have horse meat because maybe it might help with COVID. I mean. You know, the other, th- <laughs> and I turned him down and I felt really proud of him. I did it in a nice, graceful way without insulting him by teasing around. And But I, you know, that's a, f- the guy who's taken over for him, who may not last, President uh, Tokayev. I mean, it was chilling to read, uh, I think it was last night I saw it the first time. It said that he's ordered, he's ordered his people to shoot to kill, to shoot to kill the protesters. Well, that stopped the protest. I'll tell you that. I don't think I don't think Russia may have to go in there, which actually actually is good. But the, shoot to kill. Now you get an idea of what the government there is like. It's a strange situ- a situation because Nazarbayev 
reminded me, and I, many of you may not know who I'm talking about now, but Tito, who used to be the dictator of, um, of Yugoslavia. Uh, and uh, T- Tito, uh, Tito knew how to play. He knew how to play the West off against the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union. Nazarbayev, uh, although he is closer to the Soviets, or <laughs> the Russians, look at that, the Soviets, wow. Uh, he, he plays with the U.S. and he plays with Europe. And, um, and, and it, it definitely has human rights violations, but not, how can you say he has human rights violations, but not like Russia and China and some other places. And he held the country together. Now uh, something's going on that I got to learn what it is. But these protests are bitter, and they're they're really over the price of uh, energy, which they would blame on Russia to a large extent. Well, it's also they themselves are, are energy rich. I mean, in, in in the eastern western part of that country, their oil and natural gas reserves are tremendous. But shoot to kill. Aren't we lucky we're <laughs> we're in America? I mean, wow. So, oh, uh, at the end of at the end uh, today, we'll have uh, the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, and it's going to be the end of uh, quite a uh, quite a week with the legal argument today and the the the, the, the Biden Pelosi uh, extravaganza yesterday, in which they tried to take. Uh, a criminal act, a bad one, uh, a, a riot situation, but nothing like an insurrection and nothing like uh, the riots they had all summer of that of the year before. I mean, uh, those they burned buildings. Nobody burned the Capitol down. The only person that got shot was poor Ashley Babbitt uh, under circumstances I can't for the life of me understand. I don't. I don't have any answers to why would why would that cop shoot to kill her? She didn't have a weapon. You know, she didn't do anything threatening. I mean, they 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 picked her up and they're going to throw her over. And it almost seemed like it was orchestrated when you see it on Sullivan's film. And 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 these uh, phonies never mention that. They never mention Ashley Babbitt that she was shot and killed. And we've got to get to the bottom of it, and she, there's got to be justice for her. What is she, just nobody and just not a human being? I mean, this is, uh, this, and then the press, I mean, you read the press and you get really, they say, they say really stupid things. I, I heard, I heard uh, Greg say that Lester Holt uh, yesterday said, and then there was the bomb that was placed in front of the Democratic National Committee. Well, I don't just remember it was also put in front of the Republican National Committee. The guy was a nut job. He wasn't a it wasn't a Trump person. I just I just I just don't I I, I still find it almost impossible to understand the level of the mendacity, the lying that goes on. This I mean, it does. And even this COVID thing, I mean, it goes any longer and the vaccines almost, I mean, what do they do? Everybody's got COVID. Everybody's got COVID. 
So, okay, maybe you should have the maybe Maybe the symptoms will be less. But the people who were telling it, the same people that told us that he had the vaccine, you were free and clear of COVID. Now, now they, you know, they change it to, well, it doesn't prevent COVID. It just makes the symptoms less. Or maybe this strain of Omicron uh, is less. I don't know anymore. I don't, I mean, I just don't believe anything they say anymore. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get to you and find out what's going on. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Well, back with you on 77 WABC. I'm Rudy Giuliani, and with Common Sense, we'll uncover the truth and get to a solution on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And I just want to say one word about Ted Cruz. I was really angry at Ted Cruz the other night when he referred to he referred to the people on January uh, 6th of last year as terrorists. Now, I, I, I'm, not comf- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending the ones who, who, who committed crime, the ones who hit police officers and whatever, the violence they did to the police. I, they, they should all go to jail. Uh, but a, a lot of that 700, what, I mean, what they have 700 cases or something? I mean, a lot of these people didn't hit anybody. And uh, so far they haven't convicted anybody of anything like that well, i'm not going to say it didn't happen there but and and those are the cases probably that are the tough ones but the first 50 half the people didn't even go to jail so why don't they stick with what actually the level of it really is instead of this crazy exaggeration that it was an insurrection and that uh that it did the kind of violence that just the, the ordinary black lives matter riot does you know they don't have protests they have riots and they go into the street and they exhort people to kill cops pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon what do you think that means it means kill cops so let's um but what, what i was gonna say about ted was i was very impressed with the fact that he went on tucker carlson show last night and did the best he could to explain probably what was a mistake uh I, I didn't buy the explanation any more than Tucker Carlson bought the explanation completely. And I don't really know why he said that. But I, I, I respect somebody that goes into the lion's den and is willing to take is willing to take the punishment that Tucker inflicted on him and is willing to say he was wrong. I always felt like uh, when somebody attacked me, you know, personally or something like that, or did something well, everybody goes, the whole country goes crazy, you know, it was a terrible thing he said or did. If the person says, I'm sorry, I, you know, I may, let's give him a chance. So, okay, Ted, it bothered me, but I'm, I, I respect you for, you know, for explaining it to people, explaining your thinking, even if I don't particularly buy it or agree with it. Maybe, maybe it's true. I don't know. I really shouldn't say that. I just don't know. I just don't know. And I found the statement really, really strange. So let's go to um, let's go to Rena in Los Angeles, all the way across the country, where you're not looking out the window and seeing snow. Hello, hello, Rena. When we look at hi, hi, Mr. Giuliani. But when we look at the mountains, we can see snow. So I know you can. You're right. (laughs) We have the we have the prerogative of driving to the snow and then coming out of it and coming home. 
I know. That's, that's nice. <laughs> well, Mr. Giuliani, I love you so much. You're such an American hero. Oh, thank this you. This is Rena from Torrance, who lives next to uh, Palace Rudy's, where Trump has his um, his uh, golf course. Oh, the one I where he saved the 18th hole. There- <laughs> you know that when he when he when he first bought it, he didn't realize the 18th or 18th hole. I think it was was going into the water. This is before he was president. And he saved that 18th. Oh, I played that golf course. My son, yeah, I know actually, I, I know I played it, and I watched my son play in a tournament there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And came the great, in third. The, the great property. Andrew and, loves uh, that. Andrew, I mean, Andrew's a much better golfer than me, my son. And uh, I learned golf just to play with, play with him. And, you know, he, he taught me rather than my teaching him. But uh, he likes that golf course a lot. He says it's one of the, you know, one of the really high-quality golf courses. Mm-hmm. I, I like it yeah. a lot, but I'm not as as good a judge of these things. So what's up? Well, okay, so I'm the one who's been calling you on your birthday on the 28th and saying happy birthday to you, and you call me and you and you say happy birthday back to me because mine's on the 19th. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to continue to do that to to hold on to our tradition. Okay, please, please, please. please. <laughs> what would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about, um, well, the mandate. My question to you in regards to what happens today in the Supreme Court is, let's say the justices do go ahead and do something like rule unconstitutionally and say the mandate is okay when it's not. What would we as citizens um, have recourse to do in regards to that, in regards to petitioning our senators? Or I mean, That's what you would have to do. I mean, I would never... I would never tell you you shouldn't obey it. I mean, once the Supreme Court decides, the Supreme Court decides that's it. We got to go along with it. But even if we disagree with it, but I mean, the fact is, what you would do then is go go right to the senators and the congressmen and say we want legislation revoking this or or limiting it or or uh, giving scope for people to make their own I mean own decisions about their own body. I mean, it's amazing Democrats who are pro-choice, right, about abortion eliminating. I guess a child or a fetus or however you want to describe it. I mean, I would say a child. They're pro-choice about eliminating a child, but they're not pro-choice about deciding what substance is going to be put in your body. Now, remember, this isn't this isn't the vaccine that was promised. This is this is not the magic bullet. I mean, you go back and listen to Biden when it first came out, and Rachel Maddow and Fauci and. This is, this is it, boy. You don't, This is going to be all over. You take that vaccine, it'll be like the polio vaccine. I got the polio vaccine when I was a kid. I don't remember five boosters. I don't remember people getting polio. And then it was just a little milder polio. I mean, why isn't there scope here for our people to disagree? The disagreement here is not irrational. The disagreement is, is, is real. This, this is a vaccine that completely operates differently than vaccines we've ever had in the past. It's a vaccine in which, it w- in which um, we were told something about it, and now it turns out to be totally untrue. And Biden was saying it up until a couple of days ago that, it, you know, take the vaccine. You won't be spreading COVID. By the way, the people who get COVID after the vaccine spread it just as much as people who know. So, I mean, you're going you're gonna to mandate people taking something they don't want to take or their doctor tells them not to take or they don't want to take it because they don't want this in their body. 
and, and the gain you thought you were going to have originally is not there anymore. There's no guarantee that a person that's vaccinated who comes to work isn't going to spread COVID. There's no guarantee of that at all. What they tell us is the symptoms will be less. Well, I don't know. These are the same people that told us it was going to eliminate the illness. I mean, will some people doubt that they really are on top of their game? I mean, I, don't, I think Fauci, I mean, I, I don't know how you can ever believe Fauci. He said, he says whatever needs to be said to, I think, to help the pharmaceutical companies. But that's, that's a little different. So let's go to uh, Gene in uh, New Jersey. Mr. Mayor, it's an honor to be speaking with you today. Hi, hi, Gene. Um, Good, good. I, I grew up originally in Niagara County, and I can tell you that when I was up there while you were mayor and when I traveled back for the holidays, there is still staunch support and love uh, for you, as well as uh, hopefully your son, who will be future governor here. Well, he's doing very well. I mean, he's he's every every the, one of the primary Republican primary polls. He's ahead by anywhere from like eight to 15 and he's doing very well up there i always loved buffalo i had a good did you know sal martoshi uh, judge martoshi and u.s attorney martoshi i don't but i do know uh, emilio caliacovo very well and uh, uh, ray you you know judge arcara yes yeah i tried i mean he was he was a u.s attorney when i was the associate attorney general so i kind of helped um because he su- succeeded Sal, but then I, I tried a, a big case in front of him for AT and T. And since oh, I wow. won, and since I won the case, I I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard. You're the good judge. Um, You're the great judge. Great judge. Great judge. Great judge. So what's up? <laughs> what's up? Hey, there's a um, couple things here. First thing is is that you know, really, we're talking about this whole mess that is going on in our country, the world, and. I really strongly believe that as New York goes, so goes the country. There's a lot. And I mean, honestly, I know I know we're a little parochial, but there's a lot to that. I mean, after all, I think there are many people that know New York better than they know America. I mean, in foreign lands, you know, they see all the movies about New York. They see all the publicity about New York. So New York is their picture of America, even though, that, you know, it's much more complicated than New York. But New York does set a tone around the world. Nope. Are you there? Oops. Well, I didn't mean to cut Rob. I didn't mean to cut cut off Gene. But I think he's right about New York is, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say it completely for everyone, but I think for a disproportionate number of people, it sort of sets the tone, particularly outside the United States, for what people think of us. And when, when, this, is, when this city is a city that people are afraid to come to, they're afraid, they may be afraid to come to the to the United States. Hmm. So let's talk to uh, let's talk to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Two things. Two things, if I may. D. A. Alvin Bragg was an activist at Abyssinian Church in Harlem. That's the church that welcomed and honored Fidel Castro, who spread mayhem and <clears throat> revolution and death all over the world, particularly in Africa. 
and also spreading drugs in America here and revolution. He also killed a lot of his own people. That's right. So he, I mean, he's, he's got so much blood on his hands, it's ridiculous. And, of course, Hollywood used to suck up to him, the idiots. Right. So this is the kind of background this guy Bragg has. Now, one more thing, Mr. Mayor. You have to look up when you get a chance. Trust me. Look up the Institute for Policy Studies. It's in Washington, D.C. That's a tax-exempt KGB front group. They've been training congressional and Senate staffers for decades. They work with the New York Times, the Washington Post. They make policy papers for the Democrat Party. Institute for Policy Studies in I'm Washington, D.C. I will, Jim. They work with the Democrat Party, the House Progressive Caucus, Pelosi, Biden, the offshoots. They have, like, Council for a Livable World. That's the communist group that put Biden in the Senate. This is a massive, absolutely massive movement. Most of the Democrats we hear today, the real activist ones, right. are connected to this group. Marcus Raskin is one of the founders of that KGB group, and his son is Congressman Raskin, who's on the committee investigating what they call like the Republican riot in yeah, Washington. I, I, and, and he's uh, totally irresponsible. All right, Jim, I will do that. Now, let me let me let me see if I can get to Allison in New Jersey before we have to break. Happy New Year, Mr. Giuliani. Happy New Year, Allison. How you doing? Um, I'm okay. And so, what, but getting better. <laughs> so. What wisdom do you want to impart to us? You're very smart. That's what. Oh, this, thank that's you. what. I mean, I know you very well, so we should pretend. But but the screener said you should take Allison's call. She's very smart. <laughs> oh well, that was nice of them. <laughs> uh, no, what I want to talk about because when I listened to the opening of your show is um, Mayor Adams and DA Bragg and oh, where we're going to be heading. Now, I, I've said all along, you know, people think things will improve under. Um, Adams, and they won't. They'll, they'll continue to decline. And one of the big reasons... Yeah, okay, you can. Why? One of the big reasons is because of who this DA is. I mean, they were bad enough with Cy Vance, but he took it one step further. So Adams can come across with smoke and mirrors very easily and seem practical. Seem like he's, you know, and, and he's former NYPD. I don't necessarily believe anybody I am friends with at NYPD respects him, and there's a reason for that. But I do believe that he's going to that uh, D.A. Bragg will have the full support of the mayor's office and the mayor can just hide out. Uh, I mean, that will be a te I mean, there's I would say that's it. That'll be an absolute test of whether he's going to be a good mayor uh, or a complete failure. Because he's got to, he's got to, he's got to uh, either get rid of that guy, he's got to, or he's got to, he's got to put him on the right program, and he's got a way to do it. He should go to the governor. She's running for, she's running for election, right? He should say to the governor, I, "I want you to sit down with him, and I want him to rescind what he what he said. And if he doesn't do it, I want you to get rid of him because he's violating the constitution. You you can't just." not prosecute anybody i mean you can let off a few people here and there but you can't do general dismissal of crime like armed robbery and the governor being a real spot suppose god forbid he lets one of these people go and in in july somebody gets killed and the governor's running <laughs> and even before you get to the uh, republicans uh, uh swazi will rip rip her apart on January 21st, 1980, gold hit a record, the highest in decades, at $835 an ounce. 
It then went up an astonishing 262% in one year. Well, that was the that was the year 1980 when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan and started that war, when the Iranians embarrassed, humiliated, and 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 terrorized our people by holding hostages. Inflation was uh, uh, at record highs, and the U.S. was languishing under a president who really didn't know what he was doing. Not as bad as this one, but pretty bad. Folks, hindsight is not 2020, it's 1980. We're now facing <laughs> runaway inflation that he told us was going to be temporary, transitory. New threats from Russia and Iran that he just caves into. I just read a couple of articles in Bloom, Bloom, Bloomberg about how Europeans think that, you know, they got to face Russia themselves uh, and deal with Russia themselves because Biden doesn't have the backbone to do it. And a possible recession. Monetary gold is offering an answer. Gold. Just call 1-888-204-2141 and uh, you can be eligible for $5,000 in gold on account for the first 25 callers will have the chance to be eligible for this at 1-888-204-2141. Monetary Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, a top five gold company, and they've been around for two decades. Call them. See if you qualify for gold on account. That's one eight 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 two zero four twenty one forty one. Hindsight is not twenty twenty; it's nineteen eighty. Call Monetary Gold now. Now on seventy seven WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Run, walk, honor. Tunnelton Towers five k run and walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on nine eleven. The event pays homage to the fallen. What began with 1,500 people in 2002, and I remember the first one, I originally opposed it, and Frank talked me into it because I needed the tunnel to get all that terrible, terrible debris through so the FBI could go through it and the doctors could go through it. And and they wanted to do a run, and I said, I'm not going to let them have the tunnel. And then Richie Shearer, who was my commissioner of uh, of uh, emergency services, said, give Frank a chance to talk to you. He talked to me, and <laughs> that was the end. We're going to do it. And they started with 1,500 people. And, uh, and then uh, now it gets up to 30,000 people taking part each year on the last Sunday in September. That single event has now inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities. Proceeds from these events support the Foundation's program. Tunnel of the Towers carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die protecting our country and our communities. Register for an event in your area. Volunteer to start one and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. And now we're going to have the mayor's final thoughts brought to you by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And you only get to listen to it if you donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. And you're on your honor. I mean, we have no way of enforcing it, but this is like a matter of honor between you and me. So I just want to end the week by uh, telling you something. 
And this is, this is a, 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 pers- a matter of personal privilege, you know, because I have this knowledge and other people don't. What, uh, what Joe Biden did yesterday in talking about our former president was uh, dishonest, disgusting. The only reason he did it is because he's a f- complete abject failure as a president and wants to, get the, wants to get the focus off him and wants a new focus on the narrative that's falling apart, that this was some kind of an insurrection. And um, I, I know Donald Trump for 31 years. Um, you, you know, you can think what you want about him. Uh, in, in my view, his accomplishments as mayor, uh, as the president in four years, were uh, arguably one of the one of the strongest four years any president ever had. He basically uh, did, or tried very hard to do, and probably would have done in a sec everything he promised. Unlike this guy, who does, who didn't know what he was talking about. I'm going to end COVID. Because you're a jackass. Because you're a jackass. It's a new virus. How do you know you're going to end it? And can't you figure out why these people like Fauci are telling people don't take hydroxychloroquine when the African countries that use hydroxychloroquine have a minuscule number of deaths compared to us? Read, if you don't trust me, read Robert Kennedy's book. So he's trying to get the political thing, and there are a lot of ways to do that. But to, to try to convince people that their president was trying to over, overthrow the country, he had legitimate concerns based on things that have been shouted down, yelled down, threatened people with it, that, that was very hard to communicate to, 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 to the public through the... Uh, yelling and screaming and, and accusations that were made. I mean, I've been accused of being a Russian agent. So I know what big liars they are. Well, that's one thing, but now they're doing it to our country. The people who did wrong on January 6th should be prosecuted the way other people are prosecuted. They should not be sitting in prison without a trial for a year. I'm sorry. That's un-American. I haven't seen one that's committed the kind of crime where you hold him pre-trial or her for a year. That's not based on law and justice. That's based on political revenge. That's outrageous. They didn't kill. They, nobody got killed. All that was a complete exaggeration. Go look at the go look at the autopsy reports. I got the. Uh, uh, I, I got uh, the, the, the whatever was gotten under the Freedom of Information Act by Judicial Watch on the investigation, and uh, I don't see how this cop makes out a case that his life was in jeopardy so he could kill her, and they don't care about it. And I mean, once you tell me you don't care about it, I know you're not about justice. And I, and I think the people who hurt cops, they should go to jail. But they should, have, they should, they should be on bail. I mean, God darn it. I mean, this guy Bragg wants to put stick-up men out on bail. So, please, make up your own mind about this. Don't get, don't get brainwashed. Please don't get brainwashed. Uh, okay. The final thoughts were sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. So, get your $11 a month in. 
and then you'll be allowed to hear them. And then if you did hear them without putting it in, then you have to forget it. Well, you have a great weekend now. And don't forget, on Sunday, 10 to 11, Dr. Maria Ryan and I do Uncovering the Truth. And we'll have a, we'll got, we're going to have a good one this, this weekend. And God bless you, and God bless America. America.